Are you singing at the Chinese song? Uh, I can hear you. La, 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 la. Oh, now I'm singing. What's going on? Can you give me a mic check? Check, check, check. I see your, I see your vocal thing coming through. You see it, but do you hear it? I don't hear it, but I see it. Okay. What are we going to talk about today, Bissell? We're going to talk about um, Barry Manilow and his song. Talk about like the songs and how it relates to the Bible, the demon, devil. The muse, the muse and music. Kind of enlightening. It's kind of cool. But before we start about muses and music and the Bible, it's all tied in with... Uh, Lucifer, the Antichrist, the Babylonian king, Baal worship. It's all tied in to Lucy Loser in the Sky with trannies, you know. Mm-hmm. Before mm-hmm. we begin that, you know, I want to tell a little story about what happened to us at uh, the restaurant when we went to breakfast. It's kind of cool. Ms. Capel and I went to breakfast, and uh, when we got there... There was a line, and there was a wait to get in, because there was a lot of people here in town. So uh, we, uh, we got to the line, and Ms. Ms. Kapow gave uh, the name to the hostess, and we went, and we took our little place, and, and we waited. And, uh, you know, we waited for, a, you know, quite a while, wouldn't you say? You know, 10, oh, 15 yeah, minutes, maybe? a lot maybe? longer than we normally have to wait. Yeah. And, you know, there was... Big parties going in, you know, five, six, maybe, you know, and people and stuff. And so we were just uh, kind of up in the corner, you know, waiting and, and talking, having a conversation. And then uh, the hostess came and she called a couple, you know, a party of two uh, f- for uh, a table. And when they got up, we saw them and we we both looked at each other. Ms. Kapow and I looked at each other because they were the couple that was uh, in front of us mm-hmm. when we were waiting in line. So we knew because they were in front of us, you know, in line, that we would be next. We would be called next, okay? Mm-hmm. So remember that term, called. We knew we would be called next. And I told Ms. Kapow, I says, oh, we're, we're up because I see the signs, Yes. You know, we see the sign that we're near, we're close. Now, could I tell you exactly when we were going to be called? No. Did I know the hour or the moment? No. No, I did not know. But I knew that it was soon because I saw the sign that the the couple that was before us had been called. Mm-hmm. So just kidding, I look at Miss Powell and I say, I'll be right back. I'm going to the bathroom. And we both start laughing because... It was so ridiculous that now's not the time to get distracted. Mm-hmm. Now is not the time to go somewhere. Now is not the time to get up and go to the bathroom and then lose your place in line, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now's the time to take heed and stay fast because yeah. you're, you're about to get called, mm-hmm. right? So uh, we had a chuckle about that. And then and then you, Miss Kapow, talked about the virgins. Yes. You know, and tied that into... Uh, the wise virgins, virgins, and the unwise virgins. Mm-hmm. 
that uh, they both had oil when they began, and uh, but one ran out of the supply of oil, and they had to go leave and get more oil. Yeah, but first they asked the ones that did have it if they would share, and they said no because if we share, we won't have enough for ourselves. Exactly. So we can't leave our post to go help you and share the, share the oil because then what if we run out? Mm-hmm. We came prepared. You should have been prepared. You know, we feel for you, but get prepared. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was kind of a little object lesson, you know, over breakfast uh, to, to see that. It was kind of cool. Um, and then sure enough, you know, uh, not long after that, we were called. Mm-hmm. And we went and we sat down and we had a nice meal. Uh, but that's the way it is today. That's the way it is spiritually today. We are, you know, in, in the throes of seeing all kinds of signs mm-hmm. around you. You know, it was interesting, too, because that same morning, right before us, remember, there was a family or a party of four. Uh-huh. And they got tired of waiting. Oh, yes. And one of the guys says, let's just leave. It's, it, I'm tired of waiting too long. And so the other three were like, well, if you want to, but, you know, we've waited this long. We might as well wait a little bit longer. So as they're having this discussion, they were just about to leave. <laughs> I mean, just about. They were just heading out the, the, the door when their name was called. Yes, that's a good point. That's a real good point. That's true. And they chuckled. Yeah, they chuckled because they actually stood up and they were just about to go screw it. When when the hostess came and said, "Yeah, you know, they called their their yeah. name," and I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, they. But almost, there was another example. Yeah, another example of almost not making it because you just got impatient. Mm-hmm. You know, just I uh, yeah, wow, really cool. I guess the lesson on that is, um, you know, take heed, take heed, folks. You know, um, be patient. It's tough. And when I say that, I got three fingers pointing back at me. All right? So don't judge. Why are they judging me, Miss Capel? <laughs> Always judge me. Uh, the other thing is that at the end of this program, you have to stay to the end because I'm going to play a brand new song by Mesquite Cafe called Why Don't You Look Into Jesus. It's one of my new favorites. It's Yeah, it really, it really turned out nice. This is a song written by the late Larry Norman. Mm. Uh, if you don't know who Larry Norman is, you need to familiarize yourself with this man's uh, mm. music back in the uh, um, 70s. Uh, just an incredible influence on me. When I was a kid, I saw him in concert numerous times in Southern California. And what a big influence because no one else was playing music like this in the Christian realm. He was a Christian prophet, actually, who was a musician. Uh, who was rejected a lot by the conservative church because he was just um, <laughs> so out there for him. Anyway, Why Don't You Look Into Jesus is a great tune, and it's going to be released. The single will, will be released March 16th, 2019. That's in, uh, you know, three, four weeks. That's what will be released. It'll be available at all online digital retailers. I do have a... Uh, video of it coming out. I did a video uh, last week. I put a video out called The Making of Why Don't You Look Into Jesus, which talks a little bit about the uh, motivation and, you know, uh, the reasons why uh, that song was chosen. 
but then the actual like music video of that song uh, will come out March 1st, mm-hmm. you know, on our Facebook pages. Um, but if you hunt deeply, if you hunt deeply on YouTube, uh, go to Mesquite Cafe YouTube site or Fifth Hook Media YouTube site. I'm just saying, you might find it up there. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, okay. Just you saying. might you might find it already up there. But uh, the song will be released then. So at the end of the show, I'm going to play that. Yeah. And you will like it. You will like it. You will. <laughs> or you get no breakfast. All right. So, so Miss Kapow and I always uh, we always talk, and it sounds crazy. Maybe some of you don't believe us when we say this, and 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 some of you do believe. But I've been ranting and raving for a long time, saying anybody that's of worldly stature did not get there because they were biblical Christians. They got there because the boss put them there. You know. Whether you're a politician, whether you're a book author, a musician, or a movie star, or a celebrity, if you're celebrated as a star, Lucifer put you up there. Lucy, loser in the sky with trannies. Because that fallen angel has an agenda to destroy all humanity mm-hmm. and to prevent humanity from finding salvation through God mm-hmm. made flesh through Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's his agenda. So he will take humans who are willing to sell out to him. They will sell out and he will give them the kingdoms of the world. Literally Matthew 4 stuff. It's literally Matthew 4. Well, he did it to Jesus himself. If you'll just bow down to me, I'll give you all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what he does. Millions of dollars to a lot of these people. A lot of fame, uh, power, money, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. A lot of money. And one of the things that um, I think in the past, especially in the uh, 70s, 80s, maybe even 90s, Christians would see demonic music produced by bands like, um, you know, Dio, Black Sabbath, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a host of satanic bands. And of course, you know, you have Marilyn Manson, Ugh. you know, and um, even Alice Cooper, who who claims he's a Christian. Yeah. Um, he's a lot of Christians believe he is. Yeah, there's a lot of people like Alice Cooper, even though he continues being Alice Cooper. See, so if, if you're really saved, you're called out of it. You're called out of darkness into God's marvelous light. When you see people not called out of darkness as a marvelous light, then they're not called out. They're not called for breakfast, folks. They're passed over. They got up and left. Um, So in the times past, you'd see these satanic bands and people, and it's easy to say, oh, look at, you know, look what they're, oh, look at Stairway to Heaven. And it's backmasked. And when Mm -hmm. you play it, it says, you know, what does it say? Uh, My sweet, sweet Satan or something like that. Something like that. Backmask. You know, so it was uh, times past, I think a lot of, a lot of Christian ministries and stuff it exposed that, which was good, by the way, they, which was really good to expose it uh, because you were like, oh, I did, wow, you know, mm. I like that song. You know, like Stay Away to Heaven. And, geez, you know, I listened to that today and um, that's still my favorite guitar solo. I don't know why, but that guitar solo just got me really moves. Yeah, because it's magic. Yeah, because it's magic. 
And uh, I just love that guitar solo, the way it sounds and everything. So, um, and as a kid, I, I, I really liked that, that whole album, that whole, you know, in that group. <clears throat> so, uh, but what we're seeing today, though, what we're seeing today is that it's not just the satanic groups. It's, it's everyone. Uh, you could go back in, in history, and we kind of have fun doing this. We go back and watch, I don't know, name a few things, Mr. Powell. Who do we watch? Yeah, I don't know, you know. Sammy Davis Jr., right? Oh, yeah. Sammy Dean Davis. Martin. Yeah, Dean Martin. Of course, you know, of course we, you know, we know Frank. Frankie was a mafia guy, you know, but... Hey, like you him. know, Sammy Davis Jr., you know, what a great guy. And then you find out, oh, he was a full-blown Satanist. Mm-hmm. You know, he went. He actually went to Anton LaVey's Church and of Satan. there's pictures of them together. Yeah. You know, and when I found that out, I was like, what? Or Sammy? Elvis. Elvis. Mm. Oh, my gosh. I can't tell you. Well, Biscopal and I both really liked Elvis. Who, who wouldn't like Elvis? You know, Elvis is American icon. What a great guy. What a beautiful man. Another one who claimed he was Christian mm-hmm. and did a bunch of gospel albums, right? Mm-hmm. Another one. When you look into his life, the man was a Satanist. Mm-hmm. Necromancy, mm-hmm. talking to the dead. To- totally terrible. How did he get to where he's at? Of course, I my theories even go even deeper about his beauty, you know, how he got that beauty. So, um yeah, and it's kind of an interesting exercise to go back in, in time and you see that anybody with the advent of television or radio or anything, anybody that was anybody had to sell out to get there. Yeah, somewhere there's that story. Yeah, and a lot of these uh, people you thought were innocent, were clean. Oh, the Osmonds. Mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. the Osmonds were, were beautiful Mormons, wholesome, yeah, yeah. Um, it, 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 so the, the thing is, as you'll hear us say all the time, anybody who's in the world of that kind of fame had to sell out because Satan's, he's the boss of this world. He's the, he's the God of the, of, of the air. He's the God of this world. I mean, that's a fact. I'm not making that up. Mm-mm. So you think the boss is just going to let any uh, biblical Christian in to infiltrate his, uh, his agenda? <laughs> Doesn't make sense, right? So I say all this to say this, and this is what this show's about today. It's about the muse and kind of a little bit of the history of it and the, the, the shocking uh, thing that we kind of uh, ran into. Um, <clears throat> Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow, clean guy, right? Everybody knows he's, he's gay, right? Yep. Everybody knows he... he well, appa- they don't. They know it now. <laughs> yeah, he's gay. <laughs> Apparently, he, he held that a secret for, for 40 years. And see, a lot of them did because it was unacceptable. Yes. He's been married to his uh, his manager for 39 years now or 40 years. And he just came out um, as gay at age 73, and he's age 75 now. Mm-hmm. So just a few years ago, he came out. Barry Manilow um, has sold uh, 80 million records or something like that. Wow. Uh, won several Grammys, uh, something like 40, maybe even 50 top 10 hits. Huge career, huge songwriter, singer-songwriter. Uh, his big hit that he broke with was uh, Mandy. Mandy. In, uh, in the early 70s. Uh, huge, huge uh, hit. And then he had a string of uh, 
of, of music. Now it's always been love songs, though it's uh, unrequited, you, unrequited love. But they've uh, they've been clean, right? You know, that's, Barry, that's dogs, dogs, dogs chasing like demons. Did you like Barry She's uh, she's listening to uh, Why Don't You Look at the Jesus by Mesquite Cafe. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Dogs like that song. They like the frequency. <laughs> um, but but for the most part, you know, I saw one picture of Barry Manilow with, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Marilyn Manson. Oh. You know, I saw one picture there. And of course, you know, if you're a straight up guy, you're, you know, you're going to be taking a picture with that guy. But Barry, you know, doesn't claim to be a Christian, he, you know. He's a secular artist singing songs, love songs, huge following. I think I think the majority are women, that kind of music. Mm-hmm. But uh, he had a formula. He wrote a lot of uh, commercials, a lot of jingles, jingles. a lot of jingles. Uh, State Farm is there, and stuck on Band Aid, Band Aid stuck on me, all and on. And um, I remember uh, one of my sisters was just totally infatuated with Barry Manilow. You know, mm-hmm. totally infatuated. A lot of women were because they didn't know he was gay. Well, Even if they did, it didn't matter. Yeah, they. I'm sure they can change him. And um, and we heard we had good stories, right? We heard we had a friend. Oh yeah. You want to tell that story real quick? Oh no, you go ahead. We had a friend named uh, Anna. Anna. Anna, a Mexican. Well, I don't know if she's Mexican. She was uh, Ecuadorian or yeah, something like he was that. Hispanic. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah Hispanic. And she spent years cleaning houses and stuff. And she had uh, a job cleaning houses in Malibu with very rich people. And um, there was one cl- one client she had, a lady she used to clean her house. I don't know what she was, was, but she was involved in the music industry. I want to say an attorney or an accountant or, you know, something. You know, the back end people there, rich. And Anna just loved Barry Manilow. Mm-hmm. Just love Barry Manilow. This gal that she cleaned the house for uh, was Barry Manilow's attorney or accountant or bookkeep, something like that, mm-hmm. right? She knew him. She she had personal relations. Yeah, personal with Barry. And so one time Anna was over there cleaning the house, and um, it was her birthday, right? Something like that. It was yeah. her birthday or something like that. And this lady says, hey, uh, somebody's on the phone wants to talk to you. Huh? So um, Anna gets on the phone, and it's Barry Manilow. I know. That was really nice. Really nice. And he wishes her a happy birthday and all that stuff. So that, you know, of course, that would, that's a lifelong thing. So those are good stories. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying, you know, I'm not sitting there saying he's, he's Marilyn he's Manson. Evil. He's evil. He's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And um, <clears throat> seems, you know, seems pretty clean type of thing. So you get it? Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we were talking about, hey, no one gets there without selling out, it's easy to say, yeah, but this guy, you know, mm-hmm. I know this gal named Anna who he he called, he, he was on the phone and he, he wished a housekeeper, a little Hispanic housekeeper, happy birthday. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a good, that's a good dude. Yeah. He took the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know. So, you know, when Brother Kapow says, oh, they're all sold out, how can that be? Well, I'm just going to show you that it is. It just is. Because when you're part of the world, Satan just has an agenda. So, uh, 
like I said, he's he had a lot of hits, a lot of songs. But there's this one song, and I think you, you'd probably know it. Um, uh, what's it called? <laughs> I write I write the music. I write the or songs. I write the songs. Yes. I write the songs, and um, I can't sing it for you because I'd have to charge you guys to sing it. But uh, you know, it goes. You know, I you know I write the songs that make the young girls cry. I write the songs. I write the songs. I am music, and I write the songs. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's this big anthem about, it's not about, the song isn't, he didn't write it about himself. I write the songs. I make, it's, it, music is personified in this song as writing the songs that, uh, that do a lot of things. and even makes the young girls cry and it does all this stuff. And uh, it, it's music and I write the songs. You know, very powerful. So Ms. Kapow ran, and I ran across uh, some of this stuff recently. And I don't know what made you look up the lyrics, Ms. Capel. Why? I just do because, um, yeah, I, that's just something I do because I want to know what it says. Hey, that's a good. That's a good Brian right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just want to know what it says. Why do I like that song? Yeah. Can I sing the song? Yeah, yeah, can I sing the song? Do I? Why do I like it? Why? Why does it move me? Yeah. Yeah. Why does it move me? What's What's making me emote in it? You know. Mm-hmm. So why don't you? Um, I have it. Why don't you read a, what you found? Okay, the lyrics, the very first one is, it says, I've been alive forever, and I wrote the very first song. I put the melodies, I mean, I put the words and the melodies together. I am music, and I write the songs. I write the songs that make the whole world sing. I write the songs of love and special things. I write the songs that make the young girls cry. I write the songs. I write the songs. Now, the third uh, stanza is what creeped me out, too. It says, my home lies deep within you, and I've got my own place in your soul. Now, when I look out through your eyes, I am young again, even though I am very old. Then it, um, it says, I write the songs that make the whole world sing. I write the songs of love and special things. I write the songs that make the young girls cry. I write the songs. I write the songs. And then it says, Oh, my music makes you dance and gives your spirit to take a chance. And I wrote some rock and roll so you can move. Music fills your heart. Well, that's a fine, real fine place to start. It's from me. It's for you. It's from you. It's for me. It's a worldwide symphony. That is Satan. That is Lucifer singing to you in that song. The very first lyric says, I've been around forever. Mm-hmm. I've been around forever. And I wrote the very first song. Yes. Now, you go back to Genesis. I don't have the scripture right there in front of me. But anyway, you go back to Genesis um, in the genealogy. Out of Cain's line was a, uh, a man named Jubal. And he was the very first to use uh, music to bring in the harp and the lyre and the flute and what all that stuff. Okay. From yes. The, he's the father of uh, the harp and the organ. And he's, uh, he's uh, Cain's lineage, right? That's right. So I'm not saying all musical instruments are, you know, evil and all that stuff. No. But why well, you need to know where that comes from. We, lo- we know that Satan was adored in beauty. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that he uh, had every precious stone on him. And he was a beautiful cherub that, that covered. We know that from Isaiah, right? And Ezekiel. Right. Mm-hmm. 
We also know that he had timbrels uh, about him. Mm-hmm. And that uh, a lot of people thought that he was, you know, uh, God's you know, worship leader, heavenly worship leader. But anyway, um, he made music. He made sound. Mm-hmm. He was beautiful. So when this song says, I've been around forever, he's a created being, but he has been around forever. Created being. And he says, and I wrote the very first song. And he did. <clears throat> okay. Uh, he, and he's, he's music. Mm-hmm. He writes a song. And, and his music does all these things. Uh, and then the, the second verse that should give everybody the creeps. Mm-hmm. Where it says, my home lies deep within you. And I've got my own place in your soul. Okay. My, my home I'm music, right? Mm-hmm. I'm the muse. Lies deep within you, and I have my own place deep within your soul. Mm-hmm. You really want something deep within your soul? No, you want something that. that's claiming you as its home? Mm-mm. No. Whether it's music, dance, film. Wait, you know what I mean? It's an idol. It's an idol. And then it says, I look out the windows of your eyes. Yeah. Now, when I look out through your eyes, I am young again, even though I am very old. This, this is this is satanic possession. This is Lucifer possessing. This is the muse possessing a person and then claiming to look out their eyes and like, I, I, I relive again. I'm youthful again, living through your body. Mm. I'm music. That's how these people, I mean, you know, we all probably seen the YouTube videos of Beyonce and even Michael Jackson, all these people transform when they get on stage. They transform into yes. Sasha. Uh, some of them have names, um, you know, and they transform to these other these other beings, these other creatures, because it's, it's a demonic possession. It's that thing that lives deep within their soul. So here's this this clean, innocent Barry Manilow that so many people love, and all these love songs and these great hits and everything, actually writing a song telling you hiding in plain sight the Luciferian doctrine of demon possession, um, that that actually happens. Mm-hmm. He's actually hiding in plain sight, telling you, this is how I wrote this song. This is how I write all my songs. Barry is worth, as of 2017, Barry's uh, estimated net worth is $100 million. Can you imagine? So if you bow down to me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the earth. He's been... Um, He's, he's still at it. He's 75 years old. He's still performing mm-hmm. and singing. He has a residency um, right now in Las Vegas. He's lived in uh, California, Palm Springs, California, uh, Bel Air. Uh, you know, he's been, he's global. <sighs> global. So if you bow down, I'll give you the kingdoms of the earth. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now let's look at this. Music, music, music comes from the word muse, muse, right? Right. Um, now, you can say, well, I was just musing. I was pondering, meditating. I was just ruminating. I was musing over breakfast, right? But uh, the other example of muse is something that inspires you. Mm-hmm. It's a guiding genius, basically, right? Yep. It's any of the nine sister goddesses 
in Greek mythology, presiding over song, poetry, and the arts and sciences, folks. Mm. That's why I'm telling you, you don't get to where you're at prominently in the world without something getting you there. Mm-hmm. That's they, the secret. Yeah, and they all have an agenda. They may not be aware of the agenda, but they do have the agenda. And then when they when they speak or the um, they sing, they're dropping seeds mm-hmm. of that agenda into us. A lot of these but, artists and stuff come on the scene, and they only have one hit song. They keep. They have a whole career, but they only have one hit song that really like Georgia Girl. Georgie Girl. Georgie Girl's a transgender song, folks. Hey there, Georgie Girl. Mm-hmm. It's a transgender song. You'll hear like one hit wonders. Um, Queen was a, a great band. They had a lot of hits and stuff like that. But their greatest hit. It's a movie that's uh, being looked at right now for the Oscars, right? Mm-hmm. Bohemian Rhapsody. And you, and you, if you, if you study that song and you look behind how that was made, you go, "How in the world did Freddie Mercury?" <laughs> that's that's interesting. Takes on the last name of of, of a Greek god, mm-hmm. and he's a sodomite. Was a sodomite, um, and a, a, a his religion was um, Zoroastrianism. Yes. How, how did a guy like that write something like that? It was a muse. And that it was actually allowed to be played because they didn't play those kind of songs back no, then. No, we didn't do a 17-minute song on FM radio airplay. It took them eight months to do that album. You know, that was a lot of money the record companies allowed. Unbelievable. And, and that's, just, that's just one example. So let's look at uh, Muse. The, the uh, Webster Dictionary, Merriam-Webster Dictionary says, did you know that muses were the nine Greek goddesses who presided over the arts that included music and literature? Now, check this out, folks. A shrine to the muses was called, in Latin, a museum. Mm, that's interesting. Would you ever think that when you went to an art museum... You were going to a shrine <laughs> of art created by muses mm. through human beings. And probably some of you are disagreeing with me. You think, you know, a great artist could just be a great artist. That's fine, you know, I, I, that's fine. I just think it's interesting that a museum was called a shrine to the muses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about you have your Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? It's a museum, Rock and Roll Museums. An artist or poet about to begin work would call on his particular muse to inspire him. And a poem itself might begin with such a call. Thus, Homer's Odyssey begins, quote, Sing to me of the man, muse. That is of uh, Odysseus. Mm. Sing to me of the man, muse. So he's calling the muse to inspire him, come into him and give him what he needs. Right? Mm-hmm. Remember that movie? Um, I forget what it, was, what it was called about Africa. or It's the Australian movie. Australia. Yeah, where that little boy would say, I, I sing you to me. <clears throat> yeah. This, How- these people came... Because of that song, because he sang her to him, yeah, or something. I like sing that. you to me. 
Mm-hmm. I sing you to me. Yeah, with Nicole Kidman. Yeah, Nicole Kidman. Yeah, <laughs> flip her hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, a muse may be one special creative spirit, according to the uh, dictionary, but some artists and writers have also chosen living human beings to serve as their muses. Um, so it says right there that it is a spiritual thing. Now, this was written for, uh, uh, by Dave Hunt, who died in 2013. Um, it's called, it's from, the, it's from his uh, website, Brian Call. Nuggets from Occult Invasion was the ancient muse of spirit. It's not very long. Let me read this real quick. It says, in Greek mythology, the arts were under the direction of the nine daughters of Zeus. These nymphs or lower deities, also known as muses, inspired writers and artists. The muse, uh, Euterpe, was the inspirer of lyric poetry. And there's another one who did music and dancing and blah, blah, blah. Johannes Brahms felt that at times when composing, he was, quote, in tune with the infinite, end of quote. Although he believed that his inspiration came from God, the fact that he admitted having to be, quote, in a semi-trance condition with the conscious mind in temporary uh, abeyance or suspension, right, end of quote. As with a spirit medium, uh, betrays another source. God does not inspire trans mediums. Nope. Uh, Chekovowski confessed that under similar inspiration, he behaved like a madman. Now, see, these these are old, old uh, classical musicians, folks. So this is nothing new. You know, Beyonce, uh, Barry Manilow, none of this is new. These guys are the guys who are writing the big classical pieces. I write the songs. I've been around forever. I wrote the very first song, right? Mm-hmm. Richard Strauss was sure that at least some of the music that he wrote was dictated to him by omnipotent entities, not of this earth. Mm-mm. The great opera, Madame Butterfly, Giacomo Puccini was convinced, was dictated to him by God. Gustav Myler claimed that he was compelled by other powers to compose what he hadn't chosen to write. George Gershwin testified that Rhapsody in Blue came to him suddenly that he heard and saw as throw on paper. The complete construction of the Rhapsody from beginning to end of his hit song, The Blizzard, country western composer Harlan Howard said his pencil just kept on writing. That'd be interesting to see what that song's about on another time. The Blizzard? Mm-hmm. Never heard of it. No. But his pencil just kept writing, surprising him as it went, and he wondered, quote, did some great songwriter in the sky use me as a medium? Operetta composer Rudolf Frimmel said, quote, I sat down at the piano, and I put my hands on the piano, and I let the spirit guide me. No, I never do the music. I never compose it. Oh, no, no, no. I am a tool. I am nothing. I am being used. It comes from someone, a spirit perhaps, using me. End of quote. See, and then uh, a lot of us go when we listen to this music, when we watch the movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's The person behind it is being used. Yeah. And it's amazing because there are certain songs that just keep coming back. Yes. You know? There's this uh, one gal. Her name is um, Eva Cassidy. 
Yes. She's she's since now deceased, but she did a rendition of um, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. I mean, and there's a lot of artists that have done that song. Um, and it was first sang by Judy Garland that I recall. Mm-hmm. And she made that famous. So everybody does that. Seems like everybody does that song. Well, this particular gal, she does it with um, a guitar. And I don't know what it is, but she'll sing that song and I just get goosebumps. And I just, mm-hmm. um, I just want to cry. And I'm not really sure why I want to cry. That's what's really weird. But um, when I was uh, reading some of the comments about people that have heard her sing and her voice, they have the same reaction. So I did some research on her and blah, 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 blah. She's not like she's occultic or anything like that. But there is a certain um, magic over it and uh, in a lot of her songs. And uh, she had died of uh, cancer or whatever. But I don't like music that does that to me when I have no real reason to emote like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I could feel it. So I don't listen to her stuff anymore. But it's, it's actually a very beautiful rendition. And it's strange because I, um, I do some volunteer work now and then and um, office volunteer work. And this, the, my supervisor, she brings in music. Well, that song from Ava Cassidy was playing in this mix. And I remember I was just working. I was typing and stuff. And I heard that song and immediately, and I, now remember I'm working. So my mind is on work. But I heard the song, and all of a sudden I had this overwhelming urge to start crying. Mm. Strange. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? To me, that's magic. Yeah. So yeah. that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, yeah. And we were talking about that because, you know, I listened to it too. And the, the gal had a beautiful voice, beautiful guitars, beautiful voice, but it didn't have that, rea- you know, I didn't want to cry or anything. I was like, well, that's pretty, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but for Miss Kapow, I, she's a lot more sensitive to this stuff mm-hmm. uh, that I am. You really are. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear stuff, it'll, it'll just like catch her, you know, she'll, mm-hmm. you'll feel it. And, uh, you know, the thing we were talking about this, you know, it's like, well, you know, if, if it's magical and stuff, you know, why did she die? You know, why was she taken away and not be able to complete the agenda? And you said something very important. You said, well, part of the magic is her death. Mm-hmm. When you know the backstory of it, that's part of the magic. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then what it does, it makes you long for that. It gives you that longing, like, uh, like you're missing something, and you and you need to hear that song. It's it's this longing, and it's not right. You Mm -hmm. shouldn't feel that way about anything or anyone except the Lord. Exactly. You know, (laughs) know? of course, I I had that I had that exact same thing with music in 2006 when I was under witchcraft. Yep. Um, See, that's so, what I'm saying. It's, it's so bad magic. that I had, to, I had to actually physically remove myself from restaurants and stuff because the song would be playing over the sound system and I could not be there with other people without uh, crying, emoting, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a story where I was strapped into a uh, dentist chair and they were working on my teeth and a song came over on the loudspeaker and I just, I was crying, but I couldn't move. It was mm-hmm. very torturous for me. I remember me. that. Um, yeah, the song. It took a long time for that to leave me, too. A long time. There's magic in this stuff. You know? Let's take a short commercial break, Ms. Kapala, and then we'll come back with some scripture um, okay. on this, the second part. Sounds good. 
How many of you remember the story contained in the book of Acts chapter 19, where there were seven sons of Sceva and they were trying to cast out a demon because they saw the apostle Paul doing great miracles through God. So they tried to do the same thing. So they go to this guy who's demon possessed and they say, we adjure you by this Jesus whom Paul preaches to come out. Yeah. And guess what the evil spirit did? The evil spirit answered them and said to them, hey, I recognize Jesus and I know about Paul, but who are you? And guess what? The man that had the demons jumped on him, beat the heck out of him, subdued him, overpowered him, and they literally fled out of the house naked and wounded. Wow. Guess why? Guess why? Because they did not go to Amazon.com and buy Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare. The book is not about you being married or single. The book is about dealing with demonic forces, and you need to know how to do that today more than you ever have for your own life and for those around you. The book is a training manual, and there's training in there that will teach you how not to be the sons of Sceva and get beat up by demons. It will give you the tools for you to be recognized by them because they'll know that you're exercising the authority that is given to you through Christ. You need to get this book. Um, this is some creepy stuff. It really is. This is not really just, is. Uh, yeah, this is not just conspiracy theory. This is not just, oh, the Kapow's going crazy again with their, you know, demonic uh, exposure. Uh, this this is really creepy, creepy stuff, folks. It, it ties directly into Lucifer tie, try, t- and into the future, you know, it's an antichrist spirit, mm-hmm. anti-God spirit. So let's go to, um, I'm going to read from the NASB. Let's go to Daniel. You know what I was just thinking? Let me finish sure. this thought. Because, you know, you were saying how when you were under the, the magic spell. Mm-hmm. And that you had that longing for that that person. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, when I read the or listen to certain music or blah, 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 blah I get that longing that it's, it's like an emptiness, this feeling of unrequited love, mm-hmm. you, if you will so say that. You know, and that's exactly what Barry Manilow writes about. But I'm thinking, isn't that what the devil wants to do? He wants to... Steal you from following after the Lord. He mm. wants to steal you from ever ever seeking God, seeking eternal life. So he uses music or the media to draw you away from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Just and that's the same motive that um, that gal had on you. Yeah, it's almost like using fire to to burn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why the, this, these songs and the, you know it's the same thing with um, with uh, those romantic novels that you mm-hmm. read. So how many women read that stuff and just get lost? Yeah, in the story, Ugh, it's terrible. Yeah. And Lord showed me that a long time ago because I used to like when as a young girl and my when I was thirteen, fourteen, I would read those kind of stories, looking for my prince. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah, he's uh, he's the deceiver. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Okay, uh, Daniel, chapter three. All right. 
Mm-hmm. This is Nebuchadnezzar, who was a king of the earth at the time. Mm-hmm. And Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold, and the height was 60 cubits, and its width was six cubits. So we got 66, and we're missing the other six, which um, to me may be indicative of the future um, Antichrist spirit, adding that other six, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> to me, that's just a personal thing. So anyway, he set it up on the plain of Dor in the province of Babylon, and Nebuchadnezzar, 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 I'm sorry, the king sent word to assemble all the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, all the judges and magistrates, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image that uh, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, had set up. Now, you notice how it's all the leadership. It's all the, the goats, mm-hmm. right? It's all the goat leaders. It's not the real shepherds. It's all the goat leaders who are assembled to this um, anti-God king, this mm-hmm. one who's, who has set himself. At this point, Nebuchadnezzar had set himself up as deity. Yep. He, he, he's, he's deity to himself and everybody else. He's a god mm-hmm. in, in the flesh. Definitely. Yeah. So have you noticed all the rulers go to there? So when you have the rulers, uh, whether they're, they're politicians or celebrities or Oprah Winfrey or anybody uh, assembling you to, uh, at the dedication of the image to, uh, to anything but of God, you know, be aware of that. So verse three, then the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the rulers of the provinces were assembled for the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar, the king had set up. And they stood before the image mm-hmm. that he set up. Then the herald... The herald, right, loudly proclaimed this to you, the command is given, O peoples, nations, and men of every language. That's everybody. Mm-hmm. That at the moment you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, the trigon, the psaltery, the bagpipe, and all kinds of music. You are to fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. Mm-hmm. All right? Now, the word music is zamar. It's Aramaic. And it correlates to music. Music, it's Aramaic music. And so they announce when you hear all these instruments and you hear all the kinds of music, you are to what? What are you supposed to do? Fall down and worship the golden image. Fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. And guess what? Whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast in the midst of the furnace of blazing fire. Mm. All right? So it goes on that when all the people heard it, they all bound down and blah, 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 except the three Jews, Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego, and we all know the story, right? Right. How they were thrown into the fire. Now, you say, how is that important? Well, it's important. Keep in mind that Nebuchadnezzar has deified himself. He has deified himself. And he has commanded everybody to bow down to the image of himself. And he did it when you hear the music. 
And if you don't, you get killed. It's the same thing today. We are under the uh, oppression of a fallen world. We're the, under the oppression of a uh, Lucy loser in the sky with trannies and his fallen angels. And if you don't comply with the mark of his beast, um, you know, you don't succeed in his little kingdom. You know, you're not going to buy or sell to that point. You're not going to be Barry Manilow. You're not going to be worth $100 million, folks. Mm-mm. That ain't going to happen. You know, and if you're working a regular job and stuff, you're, you're not going to be CEO. You just got to know that. Um, so keep keep this story in mind because then from here, uh, we're going to go to, we are going to go to Isaiah 14. This is before the Babylonian captivity. This is a prophecy regarding the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, before, I mean well before the Babylonian captivity. Why I read Nebuchadnezzar's act first is so now you can understand the prophecy. Because in this prophecy, he in fact is talking about the king of Babylon and the destruction of him, right? Mm-hmm. And, and freeing God's people from that oppression. But the deeper spiritual meaning behind this is he is talking about the spiritual Babylon that we all live in. See, it's a, it's a type. It's a type of the real spiritual Babylon that we live in and the king, which is Lucifer, right? Mm-hmm. It's the synagogue of Satan. Yes, that Revelation talks about. Exactly. And it is tied in. To Rev- and it's tied into Revelation 13 also, the image there of the beast in Revelation 13, you know, mm-hmm. of taking that mark. It's absolutely tied into all of that. Um, so let's start with verse 14. I mean, chapter 14 in Isaiah. And I'm, I'm not, I can't read I, the whole chapter. It's also good. But just let's start with, um, let's start with verse three, okay? Because Israel, it's prophesied that Israel is going to be taken captive, right? Mm-hmm. And they're going to be oppressed by their rulers, which they were in Babylon in a real sense. But this is talking also about a bigger spiritual sense about our time here on this prison planet that we're under. Uh, how this probation, how we find our way through the very narrow gate through Jesus Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Very few find it, you know, and then enter in. And then you have to abide in Christ, folks. You have to abide there, right? That's right. We can't just find the narrow gate, walk on it, and jump around and go, hey, I'm going to go back on the broad road. I mean, you know, you, you, you walk in the spirit, folks. So in verse 3 it says, and it will be in the day when the Lord, that's Yahweh, when you're, when you're Yahweh, gives you rest from your pain and turmoil and harsh service in which you have been enslaved. So think about the second coming of our Messiah. Mm-hmm. Think about our salvation and our redemption when he comes and he gives us rest and he takes us and we get out of these flesh suits and we get our uh, spirit bodies back, our light-natured spirit bodies, and we're taken into the realm of God where Christ is our shepherd 
and he's the merciful judge and righteous judge. And we live in an environment where we have no more sin. Mm. Think about that. And he gives us rest from all this pain, mm. all this hurt, all this turmoil, which is the raging, the rage, the wrath, and harsh, fierce, heavy hardship mm. and service. That means labor. You know, six days you'll labor, on the seventh day you'll rest, mm-hmm. right? This labor in which we have been enslaved. We become bondage to it. That's here on earth. Let's read it that way, okay? Mm-hmm. Verse four. So on this day, and it will be on this day, when that happens, see, that's in the future still. That's what I'm talking about the restaurant. Now's not the time to get up and go wandering around. Mm-mm. That on this day, that you will take up this taunt. It's a, it's a, it's a parable. It's a proverb. It's a taunt song. Against the king of Babylon, all right? Mm-hmm. So though it was written by ne- about Nebuchadnezzar that was going to happen, it is, let's look at the bigger picture about Satan, who is the type, king of Babylon is the archetype of Lucifer. Same thing with the king of Tyre in Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. Follow me? Mm-hmm. So you're going to take up this taunt against the king of Babylon, and you're going to say, quote, this is what God's telling us what we're going to say. So let's, let's, let's get ready to say it. You're going to say how the oppressor has ceased. Who's the oppressor? Satan. How he has ceased. Oh, mm-hmm. he's did away with, didn't he? And how fury, his raging behavior has ceased. All this crap you see around you, One day when we get redeemed, you're going to go, look, it's all gone. Mm -hmm. The Lord, the Yahweh has broken the staff of the wicked. That's always means the the judgment or the, the authority. He's broken the staff of the wicked, the scepter of rulers, which used to strike the peoples in fury with unceasing strokes. Okay, when we live in this world right now, don't you feel like Satan is just constantly, the wicked are constantly just beating you? Mm-hmm. Constantly. Yep. yep. Well, those very scepters, those staffs that they're, they're hitting you on the back with all the time, furiously, they're going to cease. They're going to be gone. These are unceasing strokes which subdued the nations in anger with unrestrained, unrestrained persecution. Don't you feel that way in this world? Yeah. It's unrestrained. That's why when you read the news and you see the transvestites and you see the, you know, the schools embracing gender this and you're seeing all this Satanism in your face and you see Baphomet everywhere and the occult symbolism, it is like you're just being unrestrained persecution on, the, on, your, on your righteous soul. Verse seven says, the whole earth is at rest and is quiet. Remember, we're taunting Lucy Loser in the sky with diamonds. That's why I call him that because it's a taunt. It's a taunt because he's going, that's why he's a loser. Because you read this and you go, he lost. Mm -hmm. Why would I call him anything else? Lucy Loser in the sky with trannies. 
because he's a baphomet. The whole earth is at rest and is quiet. They break forth in the shouts of joy. The whole earth is, is joyous. You know, you know, it's so joyful that in verse 8 it says, even the cypress trees rejoice over you. Even the cypress trees are hap- happy. You know what they say? Since you were laid low, no, no tree cutter comes to uh, cut us up. <laughs> even mm-hmm. the trees say, you know what? No one's destroying the forest anymore. Mm-hmm. No one's cutting us, cut, cutting us down. We're glad you're gone. Verse 9, Sheol. That's, that's, that's the, the Hebrew for hell or Hades, Sheol. It's the underworld. It's the place where the shadowy Rephraim hang out. Mm. Sheol from beneath is excited. Ooh, it's trembling. It shakes. It's perturbed. It's excited over to meet you when you come. Dear Lucifer, it's excited it can't wait. It can't wait for you to come. It's a taunt, folks. It arouses for you the spirits of the dead. Now, this is interesting because there's a whole study right here. Mm-hmm. It arouses for you, Lucifer, king of Babylon, the spirits. And that word is Rapha. That's where we get the, the term Raphaim, giants, the Raphaim. The shades. It's shades or ghosts. They're departed spirits of the dead. But they're the 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 the, the giants, the disembodied, the 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 mixture, the ones who died and went to uh Sheol. It arouses for you the spirits, the Raphaim of the dead, the ghosts. All the leaders, now this is an interesting word because atud means male goat. Mm-hmm. It's translated leaders here, but it says all the male goats. It's translated male goat 22 times and only leaders once. And it's translated goat six times. So should the word be leaders or goats? Goats. Yes. The word should be male goats. It arises for you, the spirits of the dead, all the male goats of the earth. But if you don't believe in serpent seed, um, I think that's pretty clear. There's, there's another species here, folks, not just humans. And they don't come from the stars. They're right here. Mm-hmm. It raises all the kings of the nations from their thrones. This isn't Sheol. This isn't hell. This is when they see Lucifer coming. And will, they will all respond and say to you, even you have been made weak as we. You have Mm -hmm. become like us. Now, they're dead. They're just ghosts. They're shades. (laughs) Didn't the Bible say you would die as a man? Yeah. It says you will die as a man. Mm-hmm. It's yep, Psalms. Now, verse eleven is the one I want you to hang on to because this is the music one. Your pomp—that's your eminence, your arrogance, your excellence, your pride—and mm-hmm. the music of your harps, your lute, your guitar, your harp have been brought down to Sheol. Mm. Okay, so think back on Daniel. Daniel 
King Nebuchadnezzar says, I'm building a golden image. You will bow down and worship me at the sound of music. That's when you will bow down and worship me. And if you don't, I'll kill you. Sound of music. Isaiah, before that even happened, has God's already prophesied his demise, not only King Nebuchadnezzar in the physical sense, but in the spiritual sense as Lucifer, that his pomp, the arrogance of building his golden idol and saying, bow down to me when you hear the music, that very music will be brought to Sheol. That's right. That's a great tie-in. So when Barry Manilow writes a song, I've been around forever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote the very first song. I make the young girls cry. I make this, I make that. I'm music and I write the songs. Um, I live inside you. I leave demons. When he says that, that very thing, that music will be brought down to Sheol with Lucifer. Amen. Maggots are spread out as your bed beneath you and yeah. worms are your covering. This is a taunt, folks. This is this ain't God saying, I'm going to say this to Satan. He's saying, we will say this to him on the day of our salvation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here's else we're going to say. Part of our inheritance. It is part of our inheritance. It's, it's part of our song that we sing, mm-hmm. like the song of Moses, song of the redeemed. It's part of it. Yeah, it's a taunt. We're going to taunt this guy. I started early. I started taunting early. Oh, yeah, that's why I call him Lucy Loser in the Sky. With training. I started to taunt early because I've read what's going to happen. I've read to the end. Plus, can you imagine how irritating he is when he hears it spoken? Oh, oh, yeah. When he hears the word of God spoken? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He hates this. He oh. hates this show. Verse 12 says, How have you fallen from heaven, O star of the morning? Son of the dawn. Now, I like this translation by NS, NASB a lot better than the King James because the King James translates it day star. Lucifer. And that's a title that truly belongs to Christ. And Revelation twenty two sixteen says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things for the churches. I am the root of the descendant of David, the bright morning star. Mm-hmm. That belongs to Christ. But in our KGV, Lucifer, <laughs> the word Lucifer is day star. I don't like that. No. I, I don't like that. Um, but here in the NASV, it is rendered, I think, far more correctly. It's, uh, it says, O star, which is star, Hillel, shining one, of the morning. Mm-hmm. Star of the morning, not morning star or not day star. Not morning star, but star of the morning. Uh, it's it's an it's it's almost an inversion of a it's an antichrist inversion. Mm-hmm. Well, it goes with Second Corinthians eleven where it says, "And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light." Yes, and what we're seeing too, like in the the, the book of Adam and Eve, the books of Adam and Eve, Satan's always transforming into angels of light to try to deceive Adam and Eve. That's right in the cave constantly. Mm-hmm. Constantly pretending that he came from God. Yep. Constantly. That's that's his deception. So, oh, how have you fallen, O star of the morning, son of the dawn? Now, um, I looked at this word, son of the dawn, uh, which would uh, is shakar. 
And it means uh, charm away. It means dawn, dawning of the day, but it also is translated daybreak. And do you know Barry Manilow has another song called Daybreak? Yep. <laughs> he has another hit song called Daybreak. I just think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, I write the songs. It's about muse, about music. And then there's another one, Daybreak. Oh, star of the morning, son of the daybreak. Yeah, and the very first lyric to that song is, I'm singing to the world, it's time we let the spirit come in. Let it <laughs> come on in. I'm singing to the world, it's time to let the spirit come on in. Why do you write that lyric? Why, mm-hmm. why is that written that way? What, what, what are you talking about, spirit? Okay, let me just read because this sure. is pretty. I'm singing to the world, it's time we let the spirit come in, let it come on in. I'm singing to the world, everybody's caught in the spin. Look at where we've been. We've been running around year after year, blinded with pride, blinded with fear. Mm. And so guess what? It's going to be daybreak, right? In other words, I'm going to show you wisdom. I'm going to open your eyes and you too will be as gods. Right? Oh, this whole song is... Ugh. Daybreak. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing's creepy, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I see in it. I see I see the garden back again. What's the, what's the choruses? Daybreak. But it's daybreak. If you want to believe, it can be daybreak. Ain't no time to grieve. Said it's daybreak if you'll only believe and let it shine, shine, shine mm-hmm. all around the world. Then it says, singing to the world, what's the point? And putting it down. There's so much love to share. I'm singing to the world. Don't you see it all comes around? The feelings everywhere. We've been closing our eyes day after day, covered in clouds, losing our way. But the star of the morning, the sun of the dawn, the one who's fallen from heaven mm-hmm. is the one who's going to give you daybreak. Like Albert Pike says, Lucifer, a strange name for such a dark god, is the light bearer. Mm. The lyrics right there say, shine, shine, shine. Dude, Barry Manilow, was, it was not some occultist. He's not, he's not um, Black Sabbath or anything. But yet, everybody, me included, have heard that music and never knew what it was behind it. That's right. And in these last days, discernment, thank God, is exposing all this stuff so you don't get caught up in it. Mm-hmm. And it's not just music. Let me tell you, Ms. Kapow and I had a motor home from uh, 2009 to, to 2015. Mm-hmm. We had a big old Class A motor home, 45-foot motor home. And it was, uh, the name of the motor home was Damon Intruder, D-A-E-M-O-N. That's just another spelling for demon. It was a Damon Intruder, right? Yep. The same company also made another motor home, and they called it um, Daybreak. They had a Daybreak model. They also had another model, and it was called Challenger. Yeah. <laughs> Challenger, I'll rise up to the throne north of heaven, right? I'll be his mm-hmm. God. So this company was using the same thing 
for his success. It's all around us, folks. We live in an occult world. It's hidden in plain sight. Um, so let me go on. Oh, how you fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, son of the dawn, daybreak. You've been cut down to the earth. You who have weakened the nations were still taunting him. But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God, and I will sit on the mount of assembly. See, that's not your physical Nebuchadnezzar. He deified himself, but this is, this is a fallen angel. I will sit on the, the, on the mount of the assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. And here's the taunt. Nevertheless, you will be thrust down to Sheol, to the recesses of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you. They will ponder over you saying, is this the man who made the earth tremble? And like you said, Miss Kapow, you will die like a man. Mm-hmm. Who shook the kingdoms, who made the world like a wilderness and overthrew its cities, who did not allow his prisoners to go home. And anyway... So it goes on, uh, but that's all I'm going to read for that. That is Lucifer. Yep. And that is the one who's inspiring the muse. I write the songs. Um, I've been around forever. I, uh, I live deep within your soul. I reside deep there. And when I look out your eyes, it's, um, I feel young again, even though I'm old. We don't want that guy in us. Right? Mm-mm. Uh, anything else, Ms. Powell? Mm-mm. I think we covered everything. We covered everything and then some. Yeah. That Daybreak song is creepy. Yeah. I know that Blizzard song is creepy. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I'm not going to talk about that right now, but she did look that up, and there's some creepy lyrics there. Yep. We can go on and on. They're all creepy because they're all inspired by the pit. Yeah. From the pit. So I... I, I I hope, you know, you learned something or, you know, it kind of put it more into perspective. I mean, that this is real. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not just saying stuff. We're not just making this stuff up. This is real. It's all around us. Um, you know, and uh, sometimes we're ignorant of it. Mm-hmm. But but when it is exposed and we, when we do see it, uh, we should act on it. Right? Mm-hmm. All right. That's all I got to say. Give them a chow chow. Chow, baby.
different. Life was a thrill. You knew tomorrow would be better still. Things have changed. You're much older now. If you're unhappy and you don't know how, why don't you look in?